0: Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church Dundalk.
1: Praise God. So I want to um, share something, and I know that the Lord has some really specific things um, that He's going to be ministering uh, to people today, Um, but I kind of, you know, it's going to help me stay on track. Because usually kind of how the Lord gives it to me whenever I minister is, you know, I can have one verse, and then from that one verse, I mean, I can, you know, stay on that for, you know, three or four weeks if I need to. So what's happening today is a miracle before your eyes, because I'm going to be giving you guys about, you know, 15 different Bible verses. So we're not going to be here for four months, I promise you. So, you know, everybody brought their pillows, and no, but it's going to be a great time. So I know that Pastor Joel is back there. You're going to help me. Um, so we might need to pray for him in his in his hands so that he can click you know the the PowerPoint presentation that, that we created. But thank you for doing that. So if you want, I don't know if you want to throw that up um, you know right now. Awesome. Oh great, this is practical. I don't even have to turn around. That works out good. Yeah. So this is the if you want to give a title um, you know to the message uh, that I'm going to be sharing with you guys this morning. Um, it's called "Warring for Peace with the Wisdom from Above," and You know, it might kind of sound, you know, bizarre, the words peace and war, um, you know, in the same phrase, you know, especially with everything that's happening right now, um, you know, just on the earth around us is multiple wars happening, um, crises happening in most nations of the world. Um, I mean, all you have to do is, you know, turn on the news and you're just going to be bombarded with just terrible things, catastrophes. You know, maybe different nations running out of water, running out of food, earthquakes, you know, uh, people dying and, um, you know, mass shootings and mass murders and everything like that. That's all you have to do. I mean, just in one, one button and then the enemy has it prepared for you to try to destroy your day, get you in fear, get you, you know, distracted, take and just completely steal the peace of God from your life. That's that's the perfect plan of the enemy is to to take any type of peace that God has given you to take it out from your life. And this is one thing from the enemy. If the enemy cannot stop you, then what he'll do is he will get you out of God's grace timing for your life. That's That's important. Because many times, you know, we say, oh, you know, I'm just going to keep going, I'm going to keep going, I'm just going to obey. So, The enemy, if he won't stop you, so what he'll do is he'll just get you to do it too fast and then there's no grace to do it. Or he'll have you wait 50 years and then before you know it, you know, all the time has passed and you've missed the will of God because of maybe it was fear. Maybe you just had no peace in your life. And this is what I really want to encourage you, every single one of us today, is that in order to obtain peace in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in a church, in a city, is you have to go to war. You have to go to war. And in our language, you know, today on this earth, whenever you say, you know, you have to go to war, well, immediately, you know, you probably come up with all of these images of what war might look like. But the war that we fight as children of God is not flesh and blood. Our weapons are not of this earth. Our weapons are mighty in God to pull down strongholds. Our weapons, the war that we fight is not here. It's not with our natural eyes. It's in the unseen realm against principalities, rulers of darkness. But that war never stops. That war never stops. So whenever you lay your sleep, you know, whenever you lay down to go to sleep tonight, that war continues. And that war is constant. Trying to destroy you, to get you out of the plan of God for your life, to distract you, to try to destroy your marriage, to try to destroy your family, to try to destroy your children, to try to stop you from doing anything that God has called you to do. And that's not just a once a month thing or a once a year thing. That's a daily activity that the enemy tries to do in your life or against your life. And, you know, what I'm sharing this morning, it's not to get you in fear. It's actually the exact opposite. But I need to, it's important that we're awake to this reality that we have an adversary. And he's not out there to, you know, to say like, oh, you know, it's going to be okay. We'll just, you know, slow you down a little bit. The adversary, the enemy, is out to steal, kill, and destroy. It's that simple. So the wars that are happening... Was not the plan of God. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. (laughs) COVID was not the plan of God. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Earthquakes, famines, all of those things that happen around the world, none of those things are God's plan. Because all of those things, what do they do? They steal, they kill, and they destroy. What does Jesus do? Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Do, did any of those things that I just mentioned, do any of those things give life an abundant life? No. So then we can immediately, without hesitation, without reservation, with no questions asked, be confident that that is not Jesus. That that's the enemy. And that's the, the foundation That we have to have whenever we go in, you know, whenever we start with this. And so kind of moving this, you know, many people, especially the world, they actually steal things that God has given us. But they just manipulate it. And they twist it. So, you know, the hippies, they say, oh, peace, man. You know, like, you know, we have peace. Peace, bro. (laughs) That's not the peace that we're talking about. Okay? (laughs) And another thing that the world steals is love. They steal all these things, man, they manipulate it, but really they will never, they can't experience the real thing until they're in Christ. Because these things, so I'm going to give you a quick definition of what peace is, okay? So peace is not a happy, happy feeling or a good vibe, okay? The peace of God is the presence of Christ's mind, heart, and way of living that reigns superior over all things around you. I'll say it one more time. The peace of God is the presence of Christ's mind, heart, and way of living that reigns superior over all things around you. Because there are things all around us. And God's peace is supposed to reign superior over all of those things. So in the most terrible, possibly confusing, or darkest circumstances, the peace of God should reign on the throne of our hearts every single day. The things that are happening in the world right now, it talks about in the Bible especially as we get closer to the end when Jesus, he's coming back for a a beautiful, pure bride. And Jesus is coming soon. And it talks about the differentiation between the world and those who are in Christ. And the thing is, is that the the world, it's only going to get darker. The world is not all of a sudden going to become this beautiful beacon of hope that people can run to. So as the world gets darker, on the other side, the grace, the light, the anointing is only going to get brighter. That's good news for us. So when we look at these things happening in the world, this is not to put you in fear, doubt, concern, question, anything like that. We can be confident and have our, have our faith knowing that if that gets darker, that means the grace of God in my life is only going to increase. That means the anointing that God has given me and my family is only going to increase. That means the, the, the calling and the, the light of God on the inside of me and around us, the light of God in this church is only going to increase in this city as it gets darker outside. That's good news for us. <laughs> so get ready. And that's why I want to, to, kinda, to give this message today, because it's kind of like a get ready message. It's a get ready message because the things outside of this building are just going to get crazier. But the throne of your heart, our heart, our mind, our way of living should only release a reality of Christ's peace in our life. But this is something we have to fight for because it says in the Bible that the violent will take by force. There's strongholds over this city. There's strongholds over Dundalk that are trying to to take the souls of people in this city. But there's light here. How do I know that? Because you're here. So the kingdom of God is present because his kings and priests are present on this earth. He's made every single one of you a king and priest. So that means whenever you go out, whenever you leave, whenever you go out into your places of influence, your job, uh, your family, wherever that might be, God has given you his kingdom to go. And what is the kingdom of God? There's three elements that make up the kingdom of God. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's in him that we manifest the reality of his kingdom. So everywhere you go, the righteousness of God follows you. Everywhere you go, the peace of God should follow you. Everywhere you go, the joy of God should follow you. That's what separates us from the world. So there should be a peace, a joy, righteousness that overflows from our life, that other people will actually see it on you. There's something different about that person. How are they not scared with all the wars happening around the world? How are they not scared? How are they not in fear? How are they not worried? With all of these diseases and different things happening, why are they not scared? Why, how can they say that that would not touch them? How can they say that that's not going to kill their family? Because you and me, we have a different kingdom on the inside of us. So every single one of you, you're a sign and a wonder. We cry, God, signs, wonders. We need signs and wonders. That's what you are. You're a sign that points to God. And people should look at your life and they should wonder. How does that happen? How do they have that supernatural peace? I mean, we could share stories and stories of different times and circumstances. Even just going to the park with our children in France. And meeting up with some of their friends and parents, you know, you know just several months ago, uh, well, it was just a few months ago, we, were, um, we had our Firebase, um, the ministry that we have in, in France, is called Firebase, and we organize events um, uh, all throughout France where we organize um, different communities, pastors, and um, churches, and so on, and we pray for a move of God in France. We have several different locations right now, and God's just really breathing on that, and um, people are just coming, getting saved, encountering the Holy Spirit, getting healed, um, getting set on fire for God, and so that's what we that's what we do, and so um, we have a location in Paris. We go there monthly to do this, and um, so we took our children to go to the park one day, and uh, we were meeting up with some of their uh, former students that they went to school with, and the parents were going to be there, and. You know, it was during a time when the war just, you know, broke out. And, you know, so all of the parents, you know, they're just scared. They're in fear. And even the Emery and Eloise, our daughters, um, well, Emery specifically that time, whenever she was going to school, um, the, so we were talking with some of the parents. And they were saying that right whenever Emery left the class, that the, the, all of the students, it just fell apart. That, like, there, that nobody was, like, friends. Everybody was just, like, mad at each other. And it was just like, it was just a really bad school year. And, and then they, you know, also said, how is it? Like, what is it about Emory and you guys? Like, it's just some weird, like, you guys are just peaceful. We're like, well, <laughs> let me tell you what it is. And, you know, one of the parents, the families was a Muslim. The other was atheist. And the other family was agnostic. <laughs> and they were all wondering, how is it that you have peace? We'll tell you. And we are able to, you know, preach the gospel to them and tell them, listen, it's not just something that's on the parents, it's on the children as well. So our children should be signs and wonders, carrying the kingdom of God with them. So if we can go to the first slide. Next slide, please. So we'll get started here. So the first verse, Acts chapter 7, verse 51. It's really exciting. You stiff-necked people, praise God. I see all the wives looking at the husbands right now. (laughs) You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Next verse. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 10. But they rebelled and grieved the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he turned to be their enemy, and himself fought against them. So, you know, I I read these verses, and you might be like, you know, that's, come on, Luke, that's pretty intense. (laughs) You know, I don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm not stiff-necked. I wish I had, like, a big mirror right now (laughs) for myself as well. (laughs) Because it's easy to say, no, 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 I'm not going to grieve the Holy Spirit. No, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to resist the Holy Spirit But I guarantee you, I would just have to have a conversation with your spouse, maybe, you know, just for a couple minutes. (laughs) And we could probably all find something in a way in our life to where we've happened to grieve or resist the Holy Spirit. And, you know, whenever we say these words, grieve or resist, we think it's something big. Like you might have sinned or done something terrible. But I'll tell you, what are the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things are not the fruit of you. Those are the fruit of him. So if our life does not model the life of the peace of God, we're actually resisting and grieving him, the very Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So I don't know about you, but there's been times in the past six months where I know I have grieved the Holy Spirit Because I've not allowed the peace of God to reign superior over different circumstances in my life. And, I mean, let's just do it right now. Let's just all be humble. How many of us, it's good to be humble, right? How many of us in the past, let's just say six months, have have resisted or grieved the Holy Spirit? For those of you who did not raise your hand, we'll pray for you. (laughs) No, pretty much everybody raised their hands. Bravo, guys. Way to be truthful. But listen, when we don't model the peace of God in our life, we're resisting the Holy Spirit. When we don't live a life of love, we're resisting the Holy Spirit. And I mean, you can go down the list, but this is the lifestyle. It's not just, you know, words on a page. This is a lifestyle that God has called us to, to live today so that we stand out from the world, so that we look different, so that we can live this lifestyle of signs and wonders on the earth. So these are, the, these fruit of the spirit, they're actually, they're spiritual fruit from our inner world. So peace, the peace of God, that should reign on the throne of our hearts every single day. Go to the next slide, please. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of Christ, and let the peace of Christ, which is the presence of Christ's mind, his heart, his will of thinking, reign superior over everything else. So let the peace of Christ rule where? In your hearts. There's different translations that say that the peace that Christ can give, act as the umpire in your life. That the peace that Christ give, that we rejoice in our hearts. That this peace would preside in your hearts and actually control your thinking. Because listen, the, the peace of God, and we'll go through many different verses here. It, it's not supposed to rule here. It's supposed to rule here. Because there's many times where you look at a situation where God will lead you to do something and here it makes no sense. But here I have a peace. And these types of scenarios are only going to increase in our life to where it doesn't make sense to the world. It doesn't make sense to our knowledge. It doesn't make sense to our bank account. It doesn't make sense to our family. But to the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, it's, there's a perfect peace. And so this is the thing that in the end, you and me, we decide what will rule and reign on our hearts. You and me. And so the, the image here is not your, it's not, we can't allow our worries our lusts, our flesh, our desire to rule. We need the peace of God to rule in our hearts. So I'll ask you a simple question. Do you have peace? Do you have peace? There's Actually, there's this, the psalmist, he talks about to hunt after peace, to chase after peace. So what if you actually chase for the peace of God before you do something? Because, you know, many times this is kind of how it works out. We say, well, you know, if, if I have a certain amount of money, if I'm, if, I have a certain, if I'm in a good situation, if I have this, this, and this, then my life is going to be peaceful. But actually, in the kingdom of God, it's, it's actually reverse. This is how we need to do it. Chase after peace. Where is the peace of God in your life? Go after the peace of God, and then these things will follow. But the world says, you know, you have all of these things, it looks good on the outside, then you're going to feel good. And I remember listening to somebody talked about, he was talking to a really famous um, athlete in the United States, you know, so multi-multi-millionaire, all the money, you know, doing good in the sports career. And he asked him this question, you know, like, You know, so how has it been, you know, you've achieved all of these incredible things. And he says, you know, I found out that whenever you get to the top of the ladder, whenever you get to the top, you find out that there's nothing there. And that's what the world tries to offer us. You just go up higher, you go up higher, you go up higher. And the higher you get, you find out there's just nothing there. And with God, with Christ and his presence, it's a peace through every trial Through every circumstance of life, God has a peace that is obtainable because it's in him that it's found. So I'll ask you this. What is threatening your peace in your life today? What's threatening that in your life? What's stealing your peace? What's stealing the peace of God that should be ruling on your heart today? What brings you peace What gives you peace? See, we must understand that we are in a war right now for the peace of God that is available and limitless to us. So every day and every moment, at all times, there is a war for your peace in your heart. So what do we do? What do we do if this war is happening right now, constantly, all the time, what do we do? See, the Bible talks about guarding your heart. It's it's not, here is, we guard our heart because that's where the peace of God dwells. Let's go to the next verse, please. Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then, verse 9, it says What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, what do we do? Practice these things. And then, what happens? and the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. So again, it says, so in this verse, this is important. So the peace of God, which surpasses, again, the understanding, because it doesn't dwell here, it dwells here, will guard your very hearts. So we have to obtain God's peace, to guard our hearts. So how do we do that? This is, this is fascinating, I find. So he says, what you have learned, what you have received, what you have heard, and what you have seen. It must be demonstrated. What do you, do? you do these things, practice these things, and the peace of God will be with you. So it might suggest, okay, that if we do not practice these things, the things that we have seen and the things that we have heard in Christ then maybe will his peace, will it not be present in our life? So if we're worried, if you're saying there's an absence of God's peace in my life, are you doing what he told you to do? Are you sitting under his word to learn? Are you receiving and are you modeling what Christ is modeling? That's what Jesus did. Jesus, that's what he said. I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what I hear my father say. And Jesus is the embodiment of peace. He is the prince of peace. Let's go to the next verse, please. Psalms chapter 4, verse 8. It says, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, him alone, you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So I'll ask you you a question again. Who do you go to sleep with that night? Who do you sleep with that night? I don't know about you, but many times, you know, before you go lie down and you sleep at night, your mind just starts racing. (laughs) it starts going over all of the things that you did not do that you should be doing the fears the concerns the worries because why that warfare is constant so you're you're quieting your whole entire body down and sadly what many times we allow this to govern us before we go to sleep and not this so many of you are not sleeping with the peace of god You're sleeping with your anxieties, the fears, these worries, the concerns of tomorrow. When Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow tomorrow will take care of itself. (laughs) Be with Him. Be present with peace. Be present in His peace. In peace, I will both lie down. So it's before you sleep. (laughs) It's lying down with Him, with Christ, Being conscious of him. So there's things, whenever we lie down and whenever we try to go to sleep, that actually war against you. And there's people that war against you as well, if we're honest. So what we need to do is we need to war against those who are warring against us. These things that are warring against your peace. So, but the thing is, is we do not war for the purpose of war; we war for the purpose of peace. And you know, talks about in in the Word Isaiah chapter fifty three verse five. Next verse, please. Isaiah chapter fifty three verse five. That Christ is what he's the Prince of Peace. How because the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. So this is actually told to us that before, before we can access peace, there must, be, there must be a war that is waged. There must be a price that is paid. And ultimately, Jesus paid that ultimate price for us so that we can live in this lifestyle of peace. But see, in the language here, it says that, you know, there's a price that must be paid. There's a war that must be waged for you and me to live in this lifestyle of peace. If you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, you can read the verse where it talks about someone's coming and he's going to bruise the head of the serpent. Right? Everybody, I don't know if you guys remember that verse or not. It's, it's prophetically talking about Jesus. Yes. And so, you know, many times we say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's just that easy, you know, we're just going to come in, we're just, you know, we just step on his foot, you know, and then it's over with. But listen, if you're walking out in nature, and you know, if you don't have any shoes on, where's a snake, where does he want to bite you? He's not going to bite you up here, or your fingers, he's going to try to bite you at your feet. That's war. There's a war for this peace, that God ultimately paid the price for. But you have to go to battle. You have to take your foot and step on the serpent, on those lies of the enemy every single day. I mean, there's lies that the enemy tries to throw against me, against what we're doing in France, to try to stop the promise of God of what he's wanting to do in that nation. So, you know, what do I do? Just like, okay, well, that's it. (laughs) Then I'll just, you know, I'll just stop if that's, you know, if that's the case. Or do I go to war? And ultimately knowing where you're seated. In heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, at the right hand of the Father. Knowing that all those things have already been placed below your feet. So there's the, that's, that's the whole thing that we talked about earlier. When we learn it, when we see it, when we know it, we have to practice it. And the peace of God will be with us. And, you know, this is fascinating if you think about it. To live in peace, there must be that battle that is waged. So, you know, many times, you know, the, the devil's in the details. So the words that we say, it's very important, Okay. So what year are we in right now? It's not a trick question. What year are we in? Twenty twenty three. What? BC. So of course you know we have you know, AD, BC, and everything like that. And I think about it like, the, good job, guys. AD. We're in AD. Oh no, she said BC. She threw me off. It was her, everybody. <laughs> I'm just we're definitely not in BC. <laughs> 2023 AD. So listen, 2023 years, and the enemy still uses the same tactics. And we have no excuse. Really, what it should be is 2023 WC, with Christ. So 2023 years, Christ with us, the hope of glory, and we're still falling towards the same tactics of the enemy. We're a brilliant people. (laughs) No, but I say that is that we have the word of God, the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us. We're living in a time, we have no excuses. We have no excuses. Everything, everything has been made available to us because of Christ. Everything has been made available to us, brothers and sisters, to live an overcoming life to not live according to the elements of the world, the circumstances of the world. Christ is calling you and me to a place to go higher in him. To live above the circumstances. So people can say, how do you have this peace? How do you have this stability? How, do you have, how are you not living in fear? It's because I've been seeing what my master's been doing. It's because I've been listening to what my master has been saying. It's because I've been living and I've been sleeping and breathing Christ. And just there's this supernatural peace that just envelops me. It circles me and it's like a shield everywhere I go. And I say that because the things out there are only going to get crazier. So this message is not just like, yeah, peace, lovey-dovey type of a message. This is like, hey, Wake up, because it's only going to get crazier. It's only going to get darker. But the peace of God that lives on the inside of you is not to get you through these things, it's to get you over those things. There are times where you just have to get through, but there's, this is the season where we're going over. We're standing out from the world. There's going to be a stark contrast between night and day, dark and light. We're not going to be, you know, we're not the city that's on the side of a hill. Right the hill. We're the city that's on the hill. We are the beacon of hope. Amen. But if you're living depressed, sick, tired, frustrated, anxious all the time, you're living, you're living below the hill. Right. You're living in the standards and the ways of the world. God is calling us higher in this season. In the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the wars, in the midst of the famines and the depression and all those kinds of things that's happening out there, not in here. Not in here. <clears throat> Next verse, please. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus talking. <laughs> when he talks, it, it means something, right? At least that's what we say. So either we believe it or we don't. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your minds be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. So what that tells me is that there's always the possibility for our hearts to be troubled or to be afraid. But when we recognize that we today, we can have the peace of Jesus, of God, the Trinity himself on the inside of us. That is not just a good idea. That should be the reality that we live from every single day. So, see, many people are informed of this, but very few people live this. Many people were informed of these things that are made available to us. Like, yeah, I know that that's all there. I know what's in my bank account. I know that it's there. I know that all those things on the, are inside of me, but it's not good enough to just be informed. It's not good enough to just, you know, think that, Oh, well, maybe one day when I go to heaven. No, this is truth for us today. All right, the next, next, please. I need to hurry, try to get through this, I'm sorry. All right, right, Second Thessalonians chapter three, the verse 16. Everywhere Paul went, what did he always say? He Bless the churches with the peace of God. Now may the Lord of peace himself, himself, Give you peace at all times, in every way. That's pretty cool. (laughs) In all times, in every way. he says, the Lord be with you all. Next verse, please. Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. So notice, this is the only verse where it talks about not just peace, but a perfect peace. How does this happen? This is is fascinating. How does it happen? Because when your heart is there, there's peace. But whenever you allow here to get up into here, there's a whole new level of peace that is is accessible for us. And he says it is actually a perfect peace. You keep him in perfect peace, Why? whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Where do you put your trust today? Really, where do you put your trust today? Do you put it in the government, the economy, leaders? We've been putting our trust in presidents and leaders and governments for too long. The only sure eternal place we will ever be able to have our trust is in the perfection of Christ. Because that place in Him is perfect. There's no lack in Christ, there's perfect sufin- sufficiency in Christ. And then it it continues on. I think I have it afterwards. There might be another verse. I don't know if I have it. Yes. Nope. Okay. It's okay. You can keep that there. So it continues. And actually in Isaiah chapter 26, 3. And then it says, you keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And then verse 12, it says, Lord, you will establish or ordain peace for us. For you have also done all our works in us. So what that's saying is when God does the work in you. It must be manifest through you, and that's going to manifest as peace. So for some of you today, this war that I'm talking about, there's a war that might be in your mind. Right now, there's a war that might be, you know, in your spirit, in your heart. Others, there might be a war for, you know, know, that's trying to steal the peace in your body. So it's caused sickness or pain or diseases. And I'm telling you, when you're sick and you're not feeling good, that steals your peace, right? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. This war is constant for those things. But what is it? It is the peace of God that destroys the devil. It is the peace of God that destroys the devil. And peace is not just a gentle little thing against the enemy. Listen, the peace of God is a weapon of mass destruction against the ways and plans of the enemy. (laughs) It is a weapon of mass destruction against everything the devil is trying to do against you. So in verse, uh, here, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So, you know, many times, I don't know if you guys have actually heard it this way. People say, you know, God is a God of order. I don't know if you guys have heard that or not. And they actually take it from this verse. And so many times what ends up happening is, you know, we say, because in this verse it says, you know, for God is not an author of disorders, another translation in the Bible. So then we just kind of put on it at the end of it, well, if he's not a God of disorder, then he's a God of order. But that's not what It says. It says that God is not the author of confusion or disorder, but He is the author of peace. So many times, what ends up happening is we try to repair things with the wrong tool. Because whenever I look at this verse, well, if I'm having confusion or if I'm having disorder, then I need to have, you know, I need to have some, you know, stability or I need to have uh, order. But when God's peace comes, it aligns everything perfectly. So in our own minds, and this is where it comes to, that we need the peace of God to rule in our hearts, not in our minds. Because we can look at situations in the world. We can look at situations in our family or our children or, you know, whatever it might be. And then here, we try to come up with solutions of how we can try to repair it or fix it. But when we look on the inside, God might give you something that might make no sense at all. In your natural mind, it might not make sense to everybody, you know, anybody else, but it might be the very thing that might bring the manifestation of healing in your family that will affect your family for generations. Whenever you go to your work, you know, you might have thought for years that, you know, in order to do this, you know, this is how I can, you know, save my boss, or this is how I can, you know, bring salvation to this area or something like that. But this is a time to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in this hour, and say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want to do today? I know you did that last year, or two years ago, or ten years ago, or thirty years ago. But Holy Spirit, what is it that you have for me today? How can I manifest the reality of your peace, your kingdom of peace, on the inside of me today, in my family, in my you know, for my children, for my job, for you know, for this church, for this city? How can I bring your kingdom of peace here today? And it might look like it, it might look different today than it did last year but there's are strategies that God wants to release in your heart to bring about his ways in this city, to repair things, to heal things, to mend things, and not to bring order, but to bring peace, to bring the peace of God. Uh, next verse, please, or next, yeah, next slide. Matthew chapter 6, Matthew, or sorry, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. There's also in the verse in the Bible where it talks about, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. There's two things in the Bible that represent your sonship. How well you're led by the Spirit of God, and if you manifest the peace of God in your life. So making peace, living in, and, and with the peace of God, being led by the Holy Spirit, these things give reality of our position in Christ. Next verse, Job chapter 22, verse 21 and 22. Agree with God and be at peace. Agree with God and be with peace. Therefore, good will come to you. Receive instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your mind. <laughs> Again, in your heart. In your heart. He is the one that never leaves us. So are you looking for exterior things to bring you peace? Are you looking for the next, you know, vacation, the next fix, the never, the next, you know, addiction, whatever it might be. Are you looking for those things to try to give you peace? Because they will never give you peace. Never. Never. You know, even in the verse here, blessed are the peacemakers. How long does it take you to forgive somebody? <laughs> we'll just leave that there, right? We won't, we won't touch that. Uh, next, so we'll go next slide, please. Try to wrap this up quick. Okay, so there's two different things. I'll go through this really quick. So this all looks like something. That's what I kind of want to get at is that when we have Christ's peace in our life, it will manifest in a way. But there's also another side, when Christ's peace is not present in our life, what does it look like? And these are some of the things that it looks like. So absence of his peace, so these are the people, they're always offended. They're always hurt. They have no peace in their life. So betraying is simply revenge, because those people deserve it, right? They did something to me, so they deserve it. And a forgiving heart is far from them. Next thing, lying is their language. Slandering others is their oxygen. Looking for others who are offended is their mission. I'm sure you know, it's pretty you know, easy to find other people. They kind of get in their little cliques and they just kind of all talk about you know, everybody and all the bad things that are happening in their life. You know, So looking for others who are offended is their mission. Confusion is their atmosphere. Insecurity And instability is their ministry. And the Bible talks about this with this phrase, that this is actually the wisdom that comes from below. You can find that in James chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. Go to the verse right here, James chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. So this is not the wisdom that comes from above. But it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. So there's a wisdom that is actually earthly, sensual, animalistic, devilish, soulish, and natural, and some actually even call it, it's actually the wisdom that comes from demons. And so this wisdom is earthbound. It comes from the world. This wisdom originates with man, and it only has an earthly perspective, Okay, so this type of wisdom literally belongs to the soul. It stands in contrast to the wisdom of God, which is spiritually discerned. So it talks about here, so it's actually demonic. So demonic power is the source of some kinds of wisdom. Paul definitely warned that some people would give heed to seducing spirits in doctrines of devils. And this is where I want to go into the little thing. I made a pretty cute little thing for you guys here. Uh, Too fast. There we go. All right. Thank you. So imagine this is, um, you know, water. (laughs) Okay? Don't laugh. You're laughing at me. (laughs) So imagine this is water, okay? And then this is where your heart... Because where did the the peace of God, where should it dwell? In our hearts, right? So if you build a house on water, it's not going to be very stable. Right? Right. I mean... Okay. Thank you. So whenever... The storms of life come. You can talk, go to the next thing. So there's storms of life that come. Okay. And then the next slide. Whenever there's, there's winds of the things, of, winds of circumstances of the world that happen. You go to the next slide. Or you can go, oh, wow, that's really slow. <laughs> Move over. Okay. Doctrines of demons. Okay, and that's not to scare you, but that's actually what it talks about. You know, things that are coming in this time. That there's doctrines of demons, things that sound good. Where is your heart? Your heart is gone because we've allowed we've allowed these seducing spirits, the things of the world, the, the circumstances of the world. The the you know the, they what do they do? You're drowning in those things, and your heart is totally submerged, and there's no peace. There's no peace. Peace is absent. And so the peace of God in this lifestyle is not present. And it is actually related to the word unstable. And it results in confusion and instability. While godly wisdom results in harmony and stability. And in Proverbs, it's a very very profound verse and it connects with this. It actually says that wisdom will be the stability of the times. If you want to be a stable person, we have to be wise people. But there's the wisdom that comes from below, and then there's the wisdom that comes from above. And so the wisdom that comes from above, let's go to the the next um, slide, please. So we'll get into that for a second. So this is what it looks like. This is the lifestyle that looks like with God's peace is present in our life. So I'm sure every single person would raise their hand here that this is the type of person that you want to be. Pastor Joel, you're jumping out ahead of me. I'm just kidding. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Fine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So this is presence of his peace. So for those who guard their heart, right, not our, when we got our heart, for out of it flows all the issues of life, right? So for those who guard God's peace in their heart, forgiveness is a passion, You're looking for people who you can forgive. And it doesn't take you 15 years. (laughs) Forgiveness is a passion. Next, please. Speaking the truth in love is their language. Next. Blessing people is their oxygen. Next. Searching for those who are suffering with the tenderness of their hand is their mission. Joy and peace is their atmosphere. Those are good people to be around, people who are peaceful, people who have joy. Reconciliation and stability is their ministry. I don't know about you, but that's the wisdom, that's the ministry, that's the lifestyle that I want. And this is what the Bible calls the wisdom that comes from above. We go to the next verse. So the wisdom that comes from above, it is what first Pure, then what? Peaceable. God's wisdom is peaceable. It's gentle. It's open to reason. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It's impartial and it's sincere. And it says, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So it must be understood that God's wisdom is pure from all that is the former, that is earthly, sensual, or devilish. The wisdom which is from the world is actually the complete opposite from this and what we read earlier. God's divine wisdom is peaceable. It is peace. It is peace-loving, and it produces peacemakers. It is gentle. That means it is actually considerate and it is just. It is not arrogant. It is not harsh or stubborn. Don't look at anybody. (laughs) It is full of mercy and good fruits. The wisdom of God results in compassion for the lost and obedience to God's voice. The wisdom of God has no partiality and it is undivided. And I love this. There is no indecision about commitment to God in this peaceable wisdom. It is without hypocrisy, which means there is no attempt in it to try to pretend or make a good impression. It just, it is what it is. It is what it is. The wisdom of God, the, this peace, this lifestyle, is, it's, you're not trying to make a good impression on somebody. It's just who you are. And it is sincere. And this is what happens to the person whose life and heart is built on this. We go to the, the next one. So your heart is not, put on, it's not built on sand. It's not built on, you know, waters. Where is your heart built? The next, please. It's built on Christ. He is our firm foundation. He is the solid rock that we have to stand on. The next, please. So when we put our heart on Christ, in him, you can keep going. So whenever storms come, they don't come and attack your heart. They try to come against that solid foundation that you're on. Those storms, they don't shake you. you and go to things. So when the winds and the things of the world come and try to blow against you, to throw you in different directions when the doctrines try to come, all they try to they can't even touch you because you're in Christ. You're built on him and you have a firm foundation on him. But what connects your heart to Christ? Go to the next one, please. The thing that connects your heart to Christ is, you can go to the next, is peace. The peace of God. That rules on your heart will make you stable. Will make you a stable person in unstable times. (laughs) And that's what we need. Stable people. People who manifest the wisdom of God who manifests this reality of God. And you know, it talked about in that verse, in James chapter three, verse 18, that the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. And there's a translation that says, and the harvest which righteousness yields comes from sowing peace. I don't know about you, I want to reap righteousness in my life. (laughs) I want to reap righteousness in my life, but the way to reap the righteousness of God is to be an offering of peace to those around you. So this is the type of people that God is calling us to be in this time, that those endued with divine wisdom are peaceable. Righteousness is then the crop which is reaped. And there is a harvest in Dundalk today. There's a harvest in this city. There's a harvest in this nation. There's a harvest in your family. There's a harvest at your job. There's a harvest everywhere you go. And if you get too close to God's heart, you're going to hear it beating for harvest, 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 harvest. harvest. But if you're not living a life of peace, and if you don't have peace in your heart, then you won't be able to hear that heartbeat, that God, the things that God's heart beats for. That's why we have to have peace in our hearts. Because when my heart is peaceful, I can hear what God's heart beats for. And it's, it's all the people out there, it's all the people that are not in here right now. Of course, God loves you. You're here. <laughs> don't be offended. God loves you. God loves those people out there in this city as well. And he's looking for people who will manifest this lifestyle of kingdom now on the earth. And I just want to pray for everybody. If we can just all stand right now. Because I can sure, I'm sure many of you right now, sorry I went a little bit longer than probably what I should have. But I'm sure many of you are, you know, If, you know, if I asked us, and I'll just do that right now. Why don't we all just, you know, you can, if you want to close your eyes and, you know, put your head down. But I want to be honest with yourself right now, okay? If you're saying, you know, there's things in your life that are stealing your peace, just raise your hand right now. There's things happening right now that are stealing your peace. Okay, you can put your hand down. Second one, if there's things right now where you're just saying, I just don't have peace right now. There's no peace in, present in my life. Raise your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Okay, you can put your head down. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, you can open to your eyes. You can lift up your hands. I'll just tell you, it was basically into those two, every single person raised their hand in this place. You see what the enemy's doing? You see what the enemy is doing. And I'm right there as well. There's there's things happening. And that's the reason why I know the the Lord gave me this message. Because it's for this time. In the midst of hell out there, heaven should be here. Heaven should be here. And then it doesn't just stay here. It has to pour out of us. All those things, the the presence of peace in our life, it looks like something, brothers and sisters. It looks like something. It's not just words on paper. It's not just just things in a book. It's a living lifestyle. It's the kingdom of God present in his people and manifesting that lifestyle through his people. And I'm just going to do a declaration, a prayer over everybody because we all raised our hands. We all did it. We're a family here. And you know what family does? We lift each other up. We're there for each other. Family does not look at somebody and say, oh, well, look at, you know, look at my brother. They're, they're foolish. Look at them. They're struggling. No. When a father sees their child struggling, he runs to them and he helps them. When a mother sees that their child needs help, the mother runs to their child and helps them. When our daughter, when one of our daughters, you know, sees that their other sister needs help, the daughter runs to their child and helps them. And that's what we need to be as the family of God. We don't look at each other and say, oh, look at what's happening in their life. What are they doing and messing up? No, you look up and then say, how can I run to them and lift their arms up and help them? Because you're a peacemaker. You're a peacemaker. So let's just all lift our hands. To the King of Peace. And we just say, Holy Spirit, come right now. Say it right now. Just say, Holy Spirit, Spirit. come right now. Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you. Jesus, Prince of Peace. Come right now and touch your people. Touch your sons and touch your daughters right now with your presence. Right now. Right now. Bring your peace. The peace that passes all understanding. That it would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Peace of God flow right now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Right now. In Jesus' name, fill their hearts, fill their minds, fill their bodies with the peace and the kingdom of God, right now, in Jesus' name. Every lie of the enemy, every attack of Satan, you will no longer sleep with that lie in Jesus' name. You will not sleep with that depression in Jesus' name. You will not sleep with that lie that the enemy is trying to kill your children, In Jesus' name, that goes back to hell where it belongs. In Jesus' name. Father of peace, King of peace, come right now. You're beautiful, Jesus. You're beautiful, Jesus. We thank you for your peace in the middle of all the circumstances and the things, that we would be a people that would have our hearts built on you. That our hearts would be built on the solid, firm, stable, unmoving rock of Christ. Rock of the ages. Christ. That Christ would be formed in us so that we, every single one of us, would be transformed more and more and more and more and more into the image of Christ. Father, we cry out, fill us with your peace right now. Fill us with your peace, Jesus.
2: Beautiful are you, O Lord Beautiful are you, O Lord Beautiful are you, O Lord Worthy of our praise Beautiful are you fills your kingdom. Fill us with your peace, O God. Fill us with your peace, O God. Fill us with your peace, O God. Because you're worthy of our praise.
1: Peace of heaven. It's a third of your kingdom. For eternity, we're going to be surrounded and filled in your peace, your joy, your righteousness. Peace of heaven. Make your homes. Make your home in our heart. Sit on the throne of our heart.
0: Thank you for your wonderful word, Lord, that is sown in our hearts today. May we go and be peacemakers, Lord. Lord, as we pray week in and week out, Lord, we are ambassadors for you. We represent you, Jesus. So help us walk out your peace now, Lord. Walk in your peace. Show your peace to those around. Help us be that city that is set on a hill, the light of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your advertisement, Lord. We want people to come to know you. We don't want people to come to us, Lord. We want them to come to you. But they need to see you in us. So I thank you for the advertisement, Lord. We thank you for Holy Spirit. We thank you for this word, Lord, that it will not be stolen, Lord, but it will be sown in our hearts and it will produce much fruit, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We protect it, Lord. We guard our hearts now. We meditate. We don't just leave and say, oh, that was a good word. No, we meditate on this word. We meditate on it and we will not forget it. We will meditate on your peace. We will meditate on your word. Like it says, we will renew our mind with it, Lord, each and every day. Help us make a conscious decision. Every morning we get up, I'm going to walk in peace today. I'm going to walk in peace today. So for the rest of this day, Lord, we'll be walking in peace. Tomorrow morning when we get up, we'll be walking in peace. The next day we'll be walking in peace. Every single day we'll be walking in your peace, Lord. Because it's a decision that we're making right here, right now. And we will confirm that decision each and every day. As long, Lord, as long as there's breath in our lungs. As long as you, Lord, have us here on this earth. We will choose your peace. We thankfully, we're thankful to you, Lord, and all that you have. For us, Lord, we thank you for Psalm 91, Lord. That those who dwell in the secret place, (laughs) we are in the secret place, we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We will say, we will say, we will declare that you are our fortress. We thank you, Lord, that no evil shall befall us. No plague shall come near our dwelling place. And we can say it because your word says it, Lord. We thank you that all of these promises that's here, Lord, they may be conditional for those, but for those who dwell in the secret place, no evil shall befall us. No plague shall come near our dwelling place. You give your angels charge over us, Lord. Your hand is upon us. We thank you for your protection upon us, upon our children, upon our families as we exit out of this place, Lord, as we go to work, as we, Lord, live our lives this week, Lord, that you are with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. you angel. You have an angel stationed by our side at all times. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. no wicked plan from a wicked man, any evil, not, nothing the devil himself can throw at us will prosper. We thank you, Lord. So Lord, like I said, we're ambassadors for you. So help us, Lord, each and every day, be reminded that we're representing you. Help us have the fruit of the Holy Spirit on display. Give us opportunities this week, Lord, to share the gospel. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. So Lord, I'm ready. I want to be ready to give an answer, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we will be led by your Spirit. You will give us the words to say. When we're asked these questions, why are you so peaceful? Why are you full of love? Why are you full of joy? We will be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. And it's not us speaking, it's your Holy Spirit. So we thank you for opportunities, doors to be open, and boldness to take them, that we will not have missed opportunities. It's another opportunity to rip people from the clutches of death. So we thank you, Lord. Help us walk in love towards one another. Help us bear one another's burdens, Lord. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Help us, Lord, to walk in love. Help us to walk in faith and love towards you and your word. And Lord, we declare in closing that here at Island Church Dock we're covered by your blood, empowered by your word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the centre of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie